0: I got to uh, tell you that um, I am convinced that this is probably one of the most important messages that I've ever preached, and I don't say that lightly. I realize it's the one I'm preaching today, so that makes it important, but, but uh, the word that God's given me to share today is something that I hope... Uh, that you let not just into your mind, but into your spirit. Um, If there ever uh, was a time that the church lives in perilous times, um, I'm convinced today is a day that uh, uh, so so much is going on and a spiritual battle is around us. And you can, we can kind of just, lollygag through life, you know, just trip through life. And and I was just thinking, uh, and I've told it before, uh, the nursery rhymes. Some nursery rhymes are horrific. I mean, man, my goodness, it's a wonder most of us aren't emotionally damaged. Most of us are, but, uh, you know, to the point, you know, you're talking about the baby falling out of a tree in the cradle and crashing. Right? And we're singing them to sleep, but one of the ones that I used to hear and, and would sing is uh, Round and Round the Mulberry Bush, the monkey chased the weasel. The monkey thought it was all in fun. Pop! Goes the weasel. What in the world did the weasel pop? I guarantee you he popped right out of his neck and Pow! they're vicious. But the monkey was like, "Ah ha ha ha!" The music's playing, everything's fun. La da dee dee He's chasing the weasel, all of a sudden, the weasel turns on him and thwack. And uh, sometimes, if you're not careful, you'll be lulled to sleep or to a false sense of everything's good and isn't life great? And and and, uh, and life is good. God is good. But I'm going to tell you what, we need to be aware of the times we live in and what we battle and um, uh, the, the spiritual forces that are working. I want to speak today and, and, and help you uh, hopefully see some things uh, and, and how to live an overcoming and an abundant life in this present world and not be pulled in to what the world's selling. If uh I can go back to what I was talking about the that rare Christianity and uh talking about remaining relational it's it's important for us to remain uh relational it is absolutely essential that you act like yourself okay and uh the R in rare uh, again is that you return to joy regardless of what's going on we are created in Christ to be joyful. And, and there is the, the world around us is trying to suck that out of us, but God's given us a way to constantly return to a joyful place. And uh, you may suffer for a while, but in your heart of hearts, knowing that you're his, do you realize, and this is what I believe, I don't know what you believe, you can be wrong if you want But I believe there's not one part of my life that he didn't know it all together. I believe the very, uh, the, the, the family he planted me in was not just this, you know, by chance. It was his choice. I believe my height was something he chose. I believe my incredible good looks is something he gave to me. I, I, my, my intellect, you name it, in my life, I'm going to tell you, I don't believe there's one thing about it that God didn't uh, fearfully and wonderfully make us. And, and, and even all the heartaches, and I realize that some of you have struggled much more than others, and, and, but, but at the end of the day, we all suffer. We've all struggled. And unless you embrace and act like yourself, and realize, that, and be okay with who you are in Christ. I'm not talking about your sinful self. I'm talking about your new creation. And uh, it's impossible to return to joy. That joy is, there is not one thing in my past, present, or future that he didn't know it all together. Anybody ever experienced deja vu? Doesn't that freak you out? You know what I do when I when I it's like whoa, we, ah, time warp. I've been here. What's going on? You know what I you know what I do in those moments. I say, God, that's so cool. You knew I was going to be here. I, I, I take it and make it a moment of great faith. You showed me a long time ago something that I'd be here, and here I am. I, I do not believe that you're here by chance today in this service. I believe God has a word for you, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you one time, just would you lay your hands on your forehead and say, God, give me ears to hear what the Spirit says. In Jesus' name, God, give me ears to hear. You know what he wants? He wants you to be healed. He wants you to live in the fullness of joy that he has, regardless what is going on in this present world. So the last part of rare is... R-A-R-E is enduring hardship. If you do not uh, uh, understand where to put hardship in your life, you'll end up shipwrecked. If you don't understand how to endure uh, the things uh, uh, in your past and what to do with them, uh, and if you don't understand uh, how uh, to endure what's coming against the church in the future, you'll be swept away. And I don't speak that to anybody as if it's inevitable for you. It's not. But I want you to understand we we get an idea that we're not meant to endure hardship. And I'm going to tell you what, honey, we are, every one of us. Those that live godly, those that live for Christ will suffer in this present world. And if you don't have that mindset, you will not uh, 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 follow that path of hardship that all of us are called to. You will think God's being unfair, or life's unfair, and you're going to look for the path of least resistance. Come on, anybody ever do that in your life? We look for the path of least resistance, and I'm here to tell you that what God's called us to is we got to. We're going to have to resist some things. There's some things that are coming our way. So follow me just for a moment here. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 1, it it says it like this, now concerning the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming? How many of you believe we're going to be gathered to him? There's no doubt in my mind that that day is in front of us, the great day of the Lord, that that the Lord, you don't, we don't hear about it as much as we used to, but I'm here to tell you that day is coming, and and the reality of it is they expected it in the early church, and and there was some false doctrine going around about that that day had already passed, and so Paul's trying to straighten it out by writing this epistle, he said, concerning that they are being gathered uh, to him we ask you brothers not to be easily upset in mind or troubled either by spirit or by a message or as uh, by, or by a letter as if from us alleging the day of the Lord has come don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed in the, uh the son of destruction. Now, you can read over that and kind of just get lost, but let me tell you what it's saying. I'm going to read it in the Amplified, verse number 3. It says, Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That is the great rebellion, the abandonment of faith by professed Christians. The King James calls it the great falling away. Other translations just flat out calls it the rebellion. The explanation is uh, uh, is that there is and will be a great rebellion that will cause some that are in the faith to abandon it. Now, the great rebellion, I don't believe at all, begins in the church. But the great rebellion is is absolutely around us that people have rebelled against the knowledge of God. listen to me folks this is no game that we're playing this isn't just something to do on a Sunday. We are in a very uh, 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 powerful violent spiritual battle and you can be like the monkey you're just da, da, da. you're dancing to the music. Right? I'm just, I'm t- telling you, this is serious stuff. And so, what, and, and what Paul's saying here, he said, look, yeah, that day of the Lord's coming, but before that, there will be an incredible rebellion against God. And uh, if you send your kids to public school, you know that there is a rebellion against God. You've got to protect your children, folks. Okay? If you are uh, watch the news at all, you know there's a rebellion against God. If you have a, a, a television and you turn on the latest uh, comedy, you know that there is a rebellion against God. If you watch our lawmakers and they're trying to uh, declare perversion and immorality is normal, you know that there is a rebellion against God. It's all around us, but what happens is those of you that will live godly and stand against unrighteousness, you know what? We will be labeled. We are labeled. You know, we hate. Uh, You know, you you don't love anybody. You're you're not kind. You you, you think you're better than All of these labels, when all we're doing is standing for what the Word of God has said and always said. Young people, be careful. The The problem, and, and I want to pray for our kids, they're going to start school this week. I want to do that at the end of this service, but be careful, moms and dads, be careful, because what happened is there is a tribe mentality that exists, and uh, uh, nobody wants to be the odd man out. Nobody wants to be standing on the outside while everybody else is, you know, having the party. And some of our young people are forced to, uh, uh, in that situation, just based on peer pressure, you know, it, it, you know, to live a double life, to say they believe one thing when they're home, but only to engage in what the world's participating in when nobody else is looking. It's a tough place to live. Because eventually you have to make a choice. And it's not just our young people that have suffer those things. Some of you that go to work and you, you're trying to build relationship, you don't want to suffer. You know, you, you don't want the hardship of, of, of standing in a place that you know is true. And so because of the great rebellion around us, some people will, in these last days, abandoning faith. Say, well, God didn't mean that, or God didn't say that. We don't have the privilege, <laughs> and it would be no privilege of all, is uh, wrestling and making God say whatever we think he should say. That's the power of his word in our lives. And it will bring a separation. So the idea of uh, uh, of enduring hardship uh, in the day that we live, it's... It, it's uh, In the day that the world around us, our culture especially, rebels against God. It is in our, every one of our hearts to go that way. But you have to make a choice. God, I want to live for you. I I am not, I am way past the day that I want to be better than them. That's not what it's about to me. I, I look at some that, that, you know, regardless who it is, so broken and and, and wounded by life, and, and if we can help and reach out in any way we can, I want to do that. That doesn't make us better than anybody. But what I do know is I serve God first. His ways are right. Well, you know, who are you to say that you know God's ways above anybody else? I, I'm not but I do know what the book says. And there are certain things, man, if it's there, we we have to. Why do we? Because I chose to serve him. So what's around us, uh, uh, I believe, is a rebellion against God. And and, uh, having to endure uh, that hardship of living in a culture that is swiftly Turned its back on God and and walking away. There's a hardship of that that we will face in the future. But there's other hardship that some of you have not dealt with that you need to deal with. And and it's the hardship of your past. How many of you have had some hardship in your past? Come on. How many of you suffered in your past? And if, if you're not careful and you don't know where to put that, Uh, You will live without joy. You will not act like yourself, and it will be very difficult for you to be in relationship. And so what God wants to do in your new creation is for you to make peace with your past. Uh, With what's gone on before uh, this day, there is nothing we can do to go back and change it. All it can be is it can be covered. What it can be is completely forgiven. And, and unless you allow the grace of God to cover that, you will live in, in, in anxiety and, and depression and, and just the idea that your life doesn't matter. But I'm here to tell you that's not what God is saying to you. You matter. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. He created you. Say, well, he made a poor choice where he put me. You know something, honey? He put you there. Brother, he put you there. Embrace that. Well, I I suffered. I was hurt. There's nothing that you've experienced that God does not have the healing for. Everything. Everything. And if you will allow his healing to touch your life, you will find out. And, and what I love, again, we had such an incredible time at the track Monday night. Love going there. Sorry it's over. But we'll be back there. But I, I preached uh, uh, and made a statement. And my dear friend comes up to me afterwards. And and uh, just a witness in the spirit that there is so much of what goes on in our life that we think God's trying to straighten out our life. In reality, what he's trying to do is get us ready for eternity. This is temporary. That's eternal. There are things in our life, struggles that we go through separate from anybody else, deficits, uh, 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 hurts, all of these things, that I am convinced that are working in me a far more eternal weight of glory. But if all your hope is right here, you're gonna live ticked off at everybody. I didn't get this, I didn't get that. Look at what that one got and look how easy, you know, they have it. You you can get you can be so upset about what how you're comparing yourself when the reality of it is well, there's too much to tell. Let me just be weird for a moment. Okay, when you're absent from the body, you're what? Yeah, Uh, and when we die, the Bible says our spirit does what? It returns. Does it say it returns to the Lord? Isn't that weird? That means we came from him. How many believe that? That was our origin. Okay, so I don't know. I I can't wait to see this. Because it will all be explained. But the idea that uh, uh, I, I don't believe all of a sudden our spirit was created at conception. Our body began there, right? But our spirit came from him and how he chose what he chose. And he knew, knows what we need from eternity. And, and he's working it out in our lives. Think about that. Why did you get cancer? somebody else didn't. Why did you have to go through that and somebody else didn't? Why did I suffer this and somebody else didn't? Why was my parents alcoholics? I'm not telling you God orchestrated the fall of man, but I'm telling you he causes all things to work together for the good. And if you can stop for a minute and quit feeling sorry for yourself, there's nothing feeling sorry for yourself. It's not going to accomplish anything. You got to, you got to embrace it. And, and I'm going to tell you an absolute overcoming uh, tactic that will work every time. But what will not work is you blaming everybody. I don't even care if they're guilty. They're not doing it today. They're not here right now. You can say what these are mean. And I am not belittling the suffering and the hardship of anybody's life. If you want to, you know, glory in how hard you have it and how bad you had it, and and you want to constantly rehearse that, you're not thinking on the things that bring you life. Some people suffer hardship, and that's where they live the rest of their life. Some people were abandoned in a broken home, and that's where they live, abandoned. Their entire life. Some were molested, and that's where they live. That molestation and that devastation that it brings the rest of their life. I going to tell you something. You cannot return to joy if that's where you live. Blaming everybody else because today is a brand new day. His mercy is new for you. His grace is upon you. And God has given you the ability to to make a choice to live back there or to shake yourself and say, God, I want to think what you're thinking. So here here is the key. Okay? Overcoming our future, you need to be in fellowship with us, with the body of Christ. The hardship of the future, we'll face it together, and we'll be all right. But the hardship of your past there is one way to overcome it. Well, I don't want to just single it because forgiveness is very powerful. Jeannie's going to be teaching on that in, in uh, the upcoming Sunday school classes in the near future. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Something as simple as being thankful can cause you to overcome depression. It can cause you to overcome that despair. It can cause you to overcome the darkness that wants to overtake your life. Just being thankful. Well, I can't find something to be thankful for. It says give thanks in everything. How can I give thanks if my dad beat me? How can I give thanks if my mom walked out? How can I give thanks if, if, if the horrible events of your life? How can I find something? And I'm going to tell you, if you, if you uh, uh, seek the face of God in everything, you can thank God for his deliverance. You can thank God that he uh, showed up in your life. You can thank God that today you're free from it. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15, listen to this. It says, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you are also called in one body, control your hearts. Okay, listen. Watch this. Look at this. What does God want to control your hearts? Peace. Okay. And then it has two words at the end of that. What's it say? Be thankful. Okay? Get this. Watch it. I'm not an English major. Follow me, though. Okay? For some of us, you say, as soon as the peace of the Messiah uh, rules my heart or controls my heart, then I'll be thankful. That's not the way it happens. Being thankful is what allows and uh, opens the door to his peace to control your heart. But read it. I'm not making that up. Let that control your hearts. Be thankful. I don't know what to do. I can't. I can't have peace. I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't make enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not good looking enough. My body's this shape, and you know my my flesh is falling apart. I'm sick. I'm tired. You're a mess. How about man, what a great day. It's raining out. Thank the Lord. Thank God it's not 50 inches. Right? Oh man, it's a holiday weekend. Why does it always rain? We we gotta we gotta we wanna go outside with the kids. Ah thank God the kids won't even notice the difference. You know, and there's so many things that we freak out about, and, and the reality of it is, you know life's not perfect, this world isn't perfect, but I'm going to tell you, we're blessed. You that are sitting here today are blessed. Yeah, but I don't I'm scared. I'm a, God has got your life in his hands or he doesn't. If you're on your own, be scared. But if you believe God, if you have faith towards God, come on, he, he, it is the way to live the peace of God that he has for every one of us. Be thankful. How hard is that? Come on, think of something to be thankful for. Talking to my buddy Mitch, what a man. I just love that guy. Hey, hey Mitch, man, how you doing, brother? You know, I call him Mitch, man. You call him Pastor Mitch. What's going on? How you feeling? Ah, not getting any worse. He has MS, you know, and, and he, you know, you, you can tell just the struggle. Those of you that know him, met him, and uh, every time we talk about it, before he even gets done with the 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 thought, he comes out with something to be thankful about in it. Not progressing. Thank the Lord. I st- I'm still walking. Thank God. You know, some of you get an ingrown toenail. You think your life's over. There's people that suffer and are thankful. There are people that, that, are, that, are, that are dying, which we all are, but they're thankful. What is that? Why? How does that work? Because that's what causes us to live in the peace of God. God, I am thankful. I am thankful. Find a way. Jeannie's got me reading this other book on joy, which is incredible. But relational circuits. You know, we some of you have popped some fuses. Okay, come on. How do how do I a thankful heart? Will help you. I'm looking at people that I love. You know, we may not always get along together perfectly, but I trust you, and I am thankful. You you, you avoid relationships that you're not thankful for. I I, am, I find myself in a place of being at my age. I'm, I'm working on a trailer. I got this big trailer uh, that I'm having to refurbish the whole thing, and uh, it has inside tires the, I had to crawl down in, and uh, I got up, and I'm not as spry as I used to be. I mean, we used to be able to jump from rafter to rafter. Or, that ain't happening anymore. But I got on top of there, and there's these thin metal bars, and I'm balancing, and, and by the time I got to the edge, I jumped down. And I said, Lord, thank you that I can still jump down. You know, be thankful for what it is that you still can do. That I don't care. Well, that's such a silly thing to be thankful for. Start there. Let it cultivate a, a mindset of looking every day of being thankful for something. You know, it'll, it'll keep you from having road rage. I know I follow the log trucks out of here once in a while. Down Call Street, it's like, Shh. if I'd have been two minutes earlier. Why don't you pull over, you jerk? Something like that. In my mind, and all the while, I, I'm, I, God, you never know what he's keeping you from. You just never know and say, okay, Lord, and I'm, I'm learning this, just being patient in the day. All right, I got, let, me, let me finish with this. Um, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 24, it says it like this, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. Some of your suffering today, some of your hurt, is because you choose the short lived pleasure of sin. Do I need to say that again? Not condemning you, but I'm going to tell you something. You will never find joy in the short lived pleasure of sin because He has called you, you're His. And you're going to always be miserable if you're going to choose that life. Moses was destined to be a deliverer. He wasn't destined to enjoy the pleasures, the short-lived pleasures of sin with Pharaoh's daughter. He was born into that kingdom. Well, actually, he's born an Israelite, but he is rescued. He's raised in his Egyptian, but in his heart of heart, he knew. And he had to make a choice one day. Am I going to suffer with the people of God or enjoy the short-lived pleasure? And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's the choice you have. And if it doesn't... uh. And hasn't revealed itself in your life yet. I promise you, the day that we live in, the rebellion that's around us, you will be faced with it, and you will have to make a choice. Am I going to enjoy uh, uh, the the pleasure of living in this present world and being thought of well by a by a a culture that has rebelled against God, or am I going to stand in a place? And suffer with the children of God every accusation that they're going to put on us. Well, no, no. You, do you remember the day when you were, you know, uh, when I came into the church in the 70s? It was like, man, I was, you know, all of a sudden I've become this good guy. Right? I was a sinner. Now I'm a good guy. Right? I was a, I was a mess and now I'm a good guy. And now, and now the world has flipped it on its head. They, they're the ones calling good evil and evil good, and now those that are, that are bound in sin, those are the good guys. And here we are, but, I, I, but what I'm telling you is, folks, the accusation against the church and the suffering and the hardship that's to come, it's not new to Christianity. Think about how good he was, and yet they crucified him. Think about the early church just doing what they did, and they sought to snuff them out. And here we live, and, and again, I don't mean to scare you. I'm not scaring you. I think we're along, who knows how long, but we have religious freedom. I'm telling you, though, social pressure is on us, and it will continue to be on us. And you've got to make a choice. Am I going to endure the hardship with the people of God, or am I going to enjoy the short-lived Pleasure that this world offers. Stand with me. Goes on in Hebrews chapter eleven. He says, For he considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be greater wealth. Then the treasure of Egypt, since his attention was on the reward. For he considered the reproach because of the Messiah. We uh, have lived under the false idea that if we serve Jesus, everybody's going to love us. Not so. Not in today's world. But I'm going to tell you something you serve Jesus. Let the hardship uh, that that comes by suffering with him. I'm going to tell you something. There'll still be manna from heaven. He'll part the Red Sea in front of you. He'll rain quail into the camp to feed you. He will take care of you, and he'll take care of me. There's no doubt. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. God takes care of his. And so enduring hardship... Two things. One, you got to make peace with your past. If you have not buried your past in a watery grave in the name of Jesus, you can do that. You can do that. If you've buried it there and it's still coming up, every time one of those things, there's a battlefield of your mind, and you don't have to just because a thought comes into your mind, it doesn't mean you have to go with it. You can wrestle it into the obedience of Christ. So I don't know what to think. Find something to be thankful for. God, I'm thankful for my grandson. God, I'm thankful for my new job. God, I'm thankful. For fall. I don't know. Just come get up in the morning instead of ay, 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 I gotta make the bed. Do laundry. What's going to happen? God, what a great day. Today's a good day. Oh, yeah, but, you know, the world is crazy. North Korea and Trump and the Democrats. and Come on, you can always find something to complain about. But I'm wondering if you just close your eyes right now. Find something to be thankful for right now. So I don't care how simple it is. But God, I am thankful. I am thankful for the day. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters. Thankful, God for the family of God. I'm thankful today for my health. Lord Jesus, a blessing to be standing here. Come on, speak it out today. What are you thankful for? Lift your hands and thank Him. God, I'm thankful for the talent you've given me. I'm thankful, Jesus, for the second chance I'm thankful for forgiveness. I'm thankful, Lord Jesus, for your love. Something, something, something. Come on. And watch your heart open up. And watch his word begin to pour into you because of a thankful heart, the peace of God. If you can't be thankful, honey, you shut him out because you're rejecting what he's given you. We worship you, Jesus. Father, I love you today. I love you today. I love you today, Lord. I thank you for your mercy This new every morning. Come on, as the band sings, if you want to come down and pray with one another, I'd love for you to do that. If you want some help overcoming some things, come down let us pray with you. See what God will do. I speak his peace upon you. I speak that, but but it doesn't come unless you make the choice of having a thankful heart. Open these altars today. Would you take some time before you leave? In Jesus' name.